Good afternoon. Good evening. Good mid. Uh, who knows? Uh, welcome to Looking Through the Glass Onion. This is our unique Beatles podcast where we pick a song each week, we dissect it, we rate it, we tell you what it's like to play it live. I'm Billy McGuigan. I'm Jay Hansen. And uh, this is Looking Through the Glass Onion. Today we are unearthing a song. It, it's it's. I, I, as I've listened to myself talking in these podcasts, I realize I'm like, oh, everything is so great. Everything, but damn, this is a good song. It, it it's probably of the five we've done so far. Yeah. It is. It is so a, good. A level above. A cut above. <sighs> Man, wow. George Harrison is recording uh, long, long, long during the White Album. Uh, the Beatles are all kind of in their separate rooms. Yes. George finds a piano in the corner. And this is kind of a fun song. When you, when you play the C position on the piano, which if you're not a natural piano player, it's very easy. Yeah. And it's a great way to write songs because you play the C. And so he just starts descending this line. Oh, okay. C, C major 7, C7, F. He yeah. keeps dropping it. And he writes this song. In fact, it's so good, he kind of just leaves it on the shelf for a while because he thinks it's a song because it came so easily to him that somebody else has written Right, and he takes to the Beatles during the Let It Be session, plays them something for the first time, and that's the song we're talking about today. George Harrison's masterpiece, indeed. Something, what a song! Oh my, yeah, man, yeah. Uh, just before we even get into it, I mean, just listening to the recording of it, George Martin, kudos. I, it it sounds so good. Yeah, yeah. This is the. I, I mean, Abbey Road is really the first sonically where they they do some things that they weren't able to do before yeah. because of the board and the eight track tape because um, they had switched boards at abbey road they were using a um i don't remember what it was called but they yeah. went to a solid state board at that point and and the sound of abbey road as a as a collective is much different than yeah. everything else in their catalog but it's perfect. Yeah, you know? especially coming off the Let It Be. So again, if you're a, if you're a casual Beatles fan, Let It Be the album was recorded prior to Abbey Road. Yes, uh, and just you know a little background on Abbey Road. So that George Martin doesn't really have anything to do with Let It Be, as we talked about during I've Got a Feeling. The Beatles kind of come to him and say, "Listen, we want to do one more album the right way." Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, George's like, yeah, John too, and he's like, yeah, we're yeah, gonna we're gonna yeah. mind our p's and q's, and man, it shows. And George brings two unbelievable songs to the session. Of course, here comes the sun, and this one, yeah. And man, they just they all deliver so hardcore. So let's talk about the writing of it. I kind of gave you a little background on how George came up with it. Hundred uh, percent, George. Yes. The first line is stolen from James Taylor, who was on <laughs> Apple Records at the time. Right. Something in the way she moves. Yeah. 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 It doesn't bother you. Not even at all. It's an exact same. Line. I, I had no idea that it was a James Taylor song until much later. That's right. Yeah. Interestingly enough, I I did not know this was a Beatles song. Really. I had heard it by other artists many times before I heard the Beatles version. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. So that and You Won't See Me are the two songs that surprise me that as Beatles songs. <laughs> so anyway, I don't recall who, what version I heard, really? but I remember playing my brother's LP of Abbey Road and going, I didn't know that was a Beatles song. Oh, man. Yeah. So man, it's not, not only is it a Beatles song, it's a 
freaking great one. It's one of their best. So let's talk about the recording of it. Um, this is, of course, your area of expertise. I know it was April 16, May 2, 5, July 11, 16, August 15, 1969. They spent a lot of time on yeah. this song. And I think, actually, the, the demo that you hear on the anthology, which you've got to listen to this song. If you haven't listened to the Beatles anthology, it's Beatles Anthology 3. Mm-hmm. There's another verse in there that will blow your mind, and I'm, I'm kind of disappointed that it, it makes this, I mean, the song is perfect, but this would have made it even better. He has this great, my woman, my woman, don't make me blue. It is so great. Yeah. So that's what you hear in February, I think maybe during the Let It Be sessions or after that, and then you hear all that. So talk to me about Abbey Road and, and, and what we're working with here. This is a huge production. Yeah, so, so it starts out, um, they do, yeah, George has done the demo, maybe at home. Um, brings actually gives it to Jackie Lomax right. and Joe Cocker. Joe Cocker records it first. That's right. Good version. I listened to it last night. Yeah. It's just lacking the guitar hook. Yeah. Because George had not done that yet. Right. Yeah. When Joe Cocker recorded the song, he hadn't come up with the... So it's not on the record, and man, you miss it. It's good. Yeah, yeah. you miss it. Yeah. Um, and so uh, there's a little, you know... None of us were there, yeah. and those that were there don't really remember anyway. So there's there's a question whether George or John played the piano. Um, there is a piano throughout. Um, it kind of got mixed out because of the reductions and bounces, except for the the, the middle bridge, eight. Yeah, the, yeah. yeah. Um, and also there is like a, I think it's a three to four minute coda. Right. That I, that's right. I I have it. You have. I looked all over for it. Yeah, I have. I I have like the five minute version, but but it actually went on for like seven forty eight. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I mean, like it, it's of it, it's yeah. actually pretty boring, but um, but it's definitely John playing the piano through that coda. That's right. And and just as a reference, if if you're a John freak, what he plays in the coda of this song, he took and used for "Remember" yeah. on the Plastic Ono. Yeah, so totally. it's that riff. I, I couldn't find that last night. Yeah. So yeah, I'll I'd send like, it to you. I'll send it to you. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so, okay, so uh, Ringo's on drums, yep. Paul's on bass um, initially, I believe he re-records. Yep. It sounds like the Hoffner to me, but but there's a lot of people that s- claim that he did not use the Hoffner for, on a note of Abbey Road. Oh. So then I would say that it's probably the Rick. Yeah. Um, some people also say that the bass line is too busy. I don't think so yeah, at all. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, I think it's his, maybe his best. It's yeah. so good. It's interesting because George tells Paul to simplify the bass line. Of course, this is after Let It Be where they get into there. <laughs> and yeah. Hey Jude, where Jude, yeah. Paul's like, listen, sit out, pal. <laughs> Relegate Paul to the corner. Didn't work so well. Right. I'm like, if this is simplified, I'd like to hear what Paul had initially. Yeah, totally. I'm not sure Paul listened. But um, so, and then um, John on piano, probably. Um, there was, there's, there's mention that George Martin played the piano. I think it's John. Um, and then um, George played both electric parts, in my opinion. Like a Leslie... The, kind of the, the rhythm chords. part mm-hmm. and then um either that sounds like it's either on his strat or his telly and then that lead part is 
in my opinion, 100% Les Paul. It sounds, yeah. It's yeah. a pretty unique sound. And then the icing on the cake of the recording is Billy Preston on that Hammond organ. Yeah, yeah. You don't really hear it. It's not super out front, and people forget that he played all over this record. Yeah. Uh, and man, on this one, it just... It's, his part is, again, it's perfect. perfect. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and really, this is maybe one of the most soulful Beatles songs um, and there's a couple of really soulful songs on this record. Oh, Darling, of course. Yeah. Come Together has a lot of angst and, and emotion to it. But in my, you know, well, this is our opinion because it's our thing. Yeah. This is George's best vocal ever to me on any song. I, um, I agree. He, that bridge, he just gives you everything you could ever want. And I mean, I'm listening to it again. I'm getting chills just because I, I listened to it again last night and when we're looking through our glass onion perspective and re-listening to these songs, man, he is just giving it to you. Yeah. And when you look at what he kind of gave you before, I mean, again, on Let It Be, he was doing For You Blue, right. kind of a tongue-in-cheek. I mean, mine is it's like a, basically an F you to Paul. Right, um, right. But man, he just delivers in this song in every way. Yeah. Um, I, I don't even know what to say about it. It just it sounds so good. It, it does. It's 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 amazing. It's it's certainly a high point, even even in the Beatle catalog. It, yeah, in the Beatle catalog, and yeah. for George, um, uh, even beyond yeah. in, into his solo stuff. This is this is definitely one of the best he, best he ever did. And then the strings that George Martin <clears throat> arranged arranges for this as well. Yeah, uh, that was recorded separately. I mean, obviously they, they. I believe it was the last session. The last session. Was um, so there, there used to be a rumor that that George recorded his guitar solo at the same time as they were recording the strings. I don't. I think it's been proven that same session, but not at the same time. Yeah. So um, the strings: twelve violas, violin. No, twelve violins, four violas, four cellos, and a double bass is what was happening on the strings. Just brilliant stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Arranged by George Martin, of course. Yeah. The, George Martin, I mean, the, you know, full disclosure, Abbey Road is my favorite Beatle record by a long shot. Yeah. Um, not, that doesn't do, detract anything from Sgt. Pepper or the White Album or Rubber Solar Revolver. It's just, they were all so good on this. There's not a clunker on there. Everything no. is perfect. Yeah. And this one... This one very well could be the. I mean, John Lennon said it. I was that's in my interesting facts, but he called it the best song on Abbey Road. I, I think they all did. And it's just it. It what? Yeah. How can you say no to that? Yeah. It's it's so good. Yeah. Um, cultural re- relevance to yeah. this song. Yeah. Uh, it's the second most recorded Beatles song by other artists. That's why you've heard the other version. So yeah. yesterday is Yesterday's number one. Number one. Yeah. And this is number two. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, covered from everybody, uh, from Sinatra, who put it in his live shows. After this song came out, maybe always. Yeah. Uh, Elvis did it. Elvis. Ray yeah. Charles. It just. Smokey Robinson. Smokey Robinson. Yeah. yeah I've asked, not heard that. I'd love to hear yeah, that. Yeah, I haven't heard that either. They asked George, uh, of course, paraphrasing here, they asked George, what's your favorite version of this song? He's like, because Sinatra's covering. He's like, I'm not really in him. Uh, and Smokey was his favorite version. Yeah, nice. Uh, I got to nice. hear that one. Yeah, so, me too. If you have it, send it to us at info. <laughs> At uh, BillyMcGuigan.com. All right, we're at my favorite part, the interesting facts part. Yeah. So as I mentioned, Lennon called it the best song on Abbey Road. McCartney um, talks about the three best George Harrison songs, Here Comes the Sun, While My Guitar Gently Weeps, and this one. Mm -hmm. This one's obviously the top of the the mountaintop. Uh, George wrote it with Ray Charles in mind. Yeah, yeah. Uh, He also 
I found this interesting. He, he, hmm, how do I put this? He had to have written it for Patty. There's just no other way right. than he had to have written it for Patty, yeah. who, again, what a muse she is. She has this song and Layla written about her. Yeah. Um, he later claimed that he was writing it about God and Krishna, uh, and Patty had nothing to do with it, but he did that a lot, kind of seven, mid-70s on. Yeah, um, interesting. Yeah, you know, he also, when he performed it live in the mid-70s, he went on tour with Ravi Shankar, and they... They begged him. Billy Preston and Ravi begged him to do a Beatles song, and this is the one that he did. And he changed the words. Really? To okay. reflect God and Krishna, and people did not dig it. Oh, wow. <laughs> they okay. did not dig him doing that shit. So <laughs> um, my favorite version um, of this song, Non George, I remember it's 2002. Uh, he passed away in 2001. So mm-hmm. 2002, mm-hmm. Uh, I, I go to Best Buy. And I get this concert for George DVD. And I come home. I'm, I'm getting like choked up thinking about it right now. I, I come home. I had like an old big screen TV. You know, mm-hmm. one that wait, I'm showing you. You can't see. But it's like the size of a closet. It's huge. And it weighed like 700 pounds. And I got, I was so excited. I popped this DVD in and I watch every second of it. And then they introduce Paul. And he comes out and he talks about how when you went over to George's house, ukuleles would always come out. And he yeah. goes, this is a song that I played for him and I'll play it for you now. And he starts something on the ukulele. And I thought that was really cool. And then Clapton comes in, plays the solo, and then sings it. And Jay, I bawled. It was uh, like the greatest thing I'd ever heard. I, I remember ever. the first time I saw that as well. Yeah, it's, it's a, it, it, what an amazing version. It, man. I don't know who, it had to be McCartney that arranged it, or McCartney and Clapton arranged it, but man. And when Paul plays this live now, always. He's been playing it since, since he went back out on tour. Yeah. Uh, and my God. Yeah. My God, that version is so good. Every time I am in a music store and pick up a ukulele, that's right where I go now. It plays really well. And again, <laughs> it it's does. that descending line. It, yeah, it's so cool. Yeah. It's the only thing I can play on ukulele because I don't know how the notes work. Ditto. <laughs> but yeah, I bought a ukulele and learned that version just for this. I yeah. played it live a couple of times yeah. that way. And it, man, it's just, it's such an effective, unbelievable arrangement of this song. Do you have anything interesting that you know about this day oh it's well uh yeah well so i talked about um harrison telling paul to <laughs> simplify his part which i think is great um george's first and only a side for Correct. the beatles a double a side so it's come together uh and that's why it was it charted so you know talking about the charting of it, it's a number one in the u.s okay and for one week a number four in the UK. It's also the only Harrison song that's on the one record. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Eh. All right. It's All a right. good one. Oh, it sure is. Yeah. Um, George uh, was not thrilled with his solo. Which baffles me. You know, you sent me recently... Uh, he toured with Clapton for in '92. That's right, in, and, in J- Japan. Yeah, and yeah. you sent me a, uh, a YouTube clip of of it. Yeah, he does play a cooler solo there. He does. <clears throat> it's that, typical of George. At, it's he's he's a really interesting guitar player, right? He so is. he starts out. Carl Perkins is his guy, and you hear that in 
God, everything pre-Rubber Soul, pre-Revolver, it just sounds so... I, I don't know. He sounds like he's going to be a country. Yeah, it's and, like into it, the rockabilly. Sort yeah, it's of like thing a rockabilly almost. country rock and roll. Then he just picks up a sitar, and it changes the way that he plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I've heard I, I was doing some research on the solo because it's fun to play. If you're a guitar player, you should. I mean, before you go to Blackbird, learn the something guitar solo. It's such a. It's and it's not easy. It's not easy, but no. it's real effective with his yeah, bends, and it, you got to it. There's feeling. You have to play it with feeling. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. But I guess it's part of his in, the, the Indian music and his learning of the sitar that led to that solo. He's using some of the methodology. Again, I'm making up words as I go along. No, it's... But, yeah. I, he's, but it, it works. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, I, think it's, I think it's just best solo, certainly, in the Beatle catalog. Oh, my God. Without a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt. Pre... I mean, I love what he did on Free as a Bird with that. Right. Because, again, yeah. he changes. After the Beatles break up, he kind of becomes a Clapton guitar player. And then he becomes a slide guitar player. Maybe one of the best slide guitar players in rock and roll in the latter part of his career. Certainly the most melodic. And always played in standard tuning, which to me is I don't just know like, how. I don't either. <laughs> yeah. I just, when I, when I hear him play slide, I just... You want to quit playing slides? <laughs> put the slide in the trash and uh, <laughs> move on. Um, performing it live. So let's talk about the difficulty of playing this song live. So yeah, there's a lot going on. In there this is. Song. So when we play it, uh, we have somebody singing it and playing the George rhythm part. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. My brother Ryan typically sings this song. You sing it when he's not there. Mm-hmm. Um, that rhythm part is very important because it's it has a very unique important. sound on it, the rotary Leslie yeah. sound. Yeah. Uh, and if you don't have that, it doesn't sound right. Right. Um, the bass part. There's no, I, I mean, you'd have to be J- Joe Walsh to play the bass part and <laughs> sing that song. So, oh, God, there's, yeah. <laughs> there's no way. Did Joe Walsh write that part or was it George? <laughs> no, that's, a, that's for another would, podcast. Joe would tell you. Um, <laughs> the Ringo drum part is, um, man. It's so good. Are there tea towels on his on his toms at this point? That's a good question. Back to the I recording thought about that. Yeah, he's on his he's on his maple Ludwig kit. We don't give Ringo we enough don't. love. We're, go, on we're his, going back to the recording on his on his, uh, on his gear. I think was this called his Hollywood kit? That's a good question. I think there was he had a Hollywood kit. I think it's the I think it's the maple one. So. It's got to throw the it sounds like those t- Yeah, it sounds like the tea towels are being utilized, especially on the do 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 boom. Yeah. He also overdubs the during the bridge, the da 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 Such a cool part. It is. Again, for all you people that are, oh, Ringo was the worst drummer in the Beatles, listen, play something right. And by the way, he's left-handed. He, you have to start that drum fill left-handed or it doesn't work. Right. Yeah. So, so if you're starting it right-handed, you're not right when you're doing it. You know, this is a song where, to, to me, it separates Ringo as as not a drummer, but it, it it and I know drums are an instrument, yeah, but it makes it a musical notated instrument. It's it's very, I mean, it's 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 not a drum part. It's it's part of the song, right? You're right. He. I mean, that's obvious, but it, it's no, but so he talks, important. Ringo talks about 
Uh, and I think I heard him talk about this during the making of uh, Plastic Ono Band, that John would come in with these songs pre-written. Mm-hmm. Ringo would play to the singer. Ringo would play to what the person brought to it. And in this song, he really, really shines that way. He that does. bridge, again, talking about it live, if you don't play that bridge right, forget it. The songs, and as you talked about on a previous episode, it, it's like classical music to us. When you'd hear it done slightly wrong, it, it messes with you. Right. And you don't know why it's not right. You just know that it's not right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, if, if, if you're a Ringo hater, play something live. <laughs> Or play something, yeah, yeah. If you're a bass player that thinks, oh, McCartney never did anything good. <laughs> oh, man, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, of course, if you're going to play it live, you, there's three piano <clears throat> elements you have to bring to it, unless you have live string players. So you have to have somebody playing the string part. Right. You have to have somebody playing the piano part. Right. Even if it's just on the end. So that's what I do. I play the string part on the Yamaha motif. <laughs> and the down, 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 down on a, uh, a Korg. Gotcha. And then our, our other keyboard player, Tara, plays, uh, she plays the Billy Preston part. Okay. So you have okay. to have those three elements, again, or it's wrong. Right. Yeah. The two guitars, you have to have those right or it's wrong. And then that solo, again, don't mess that up, man. Don't riff on that. Don't- it, it is, I mean, it's, it's the most identifiable solo, I think. That's and right. and, and um, if, yeah, you have to... You have to nail that. You can't go blues. And if you're gonna if you're gonna alter it, then watch uh, George in Japan play it. That's really or the concert for Bangladesh where he plays it. Yeah, he's the only guy that should change it up. <laughs> don't, don't be that dude <laughs> totally. or that girl. Yeah, pay don't, homage. Don't yeah, don't do that. Yeah, um, yeah. it's 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 a tough one. I'm gonna give it a expert level uh, rating. To perform it live, how about you? Intermediate, oh, indeed. Begin- yeah, it's expert no, it, level. It's yeah, it's one of the hardest songs that we do, in yeah. my opinion, across the board. Every- it's not just one. Oh, the guitar part. No. the solo's tricky. The no, it's across the yeah, board. The Everybody's singing got- has to be correct. Um, also, another completely unsung part of the song are, are Paul's vocals on the bridge. Yeah, Paul and George. You, d- you don't hear those guys later harmonizing a lot, but but I mean mine, and this one, yeah, they sound so badass together. They do. They sound so good together. So again, if you're learning the song, you get all the music right, and you're like, oh, we can play it live, and you don't have somebody singing that. You're asking oh, me yeah. and it's my up there. love grow. <laughs> I don't know. <clears throat> yeah, forget it. You yeah. gotta have every element. Yeah. So get out the White Beetle Bible. <laughs> you know, you guys know which book I'm talking about. The complete Beatles scores. Learn it. And then, oh, and by the way, if you don't play it with feeling, right. it's also not going to work. Yeah. Although that bridge, it, it's hard not to sing it without feeling. It just, I mean, because it's up there yeah. and you just have to go for it. You know? <laughs> and the music behind it is so effective. Yeah. yeah. That don't ding, ding, ding. Again, the great George Martin. Yeah, uh, yeah, goes, those the pizzicato, pizzicato strings. strings. Oh, oh my god, so cool! Yeah. So cool. we can't say enough good things about this song. Something so glass totally. onion ratings. All right, let's let's just review. I mean, we're only on episode five here, but right, we're reviewing yeah. uh, one or below glass onions because I mean, there might be some songs that are half. Or zero glass onions. Oh, zero glass considered. onions would be not a second time. <laughs> okay, we're going I've to changed zero. it. I yeah, like yeah. it. I like that. Zero glass onions, not a second time. <laughs> Five glass onions, of course, in the, A Day in the Life. Mm-hmm. Completely iconic Beatles song. Top yeah. five to ten Beatles song. Also, interesting fact, 
Um, this is Rolling Stone rated all of the Beatles songs. This is number six. Or six? Oh, really? Okay. Somewhere in there. Yeah? It's, uh, okay. it's after Let It Be, before Hello Goodbye. It's sandwiched right in there. So, Interesting. Great song. So how, how would you rate this song, Defend Your Choice? Um, it is, it's a five for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, again, I, it, it's interesting. I wish I could remember wh- whose version I heard first. Yeah. Um, but, and this is a song that, um, as we've, as we've played it over the years and I've dug into it and it's typical of most Beatles songs, the more you dig into it, the more you appreciate and respect them uh, than you did prior. Yeah. Um, it, it's not easy. That, that descending chord line, which is used all over the place, may not be better used than in this song. You're talking about the... Dun, dun, yeah. Dun, 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 yeah. Dun, dun. Yeah. And just, <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, it's so awesome. <laughs> it's so epic. As my brother Ryan would say, <laughs> it's freaking epic, man. So uh, certainly George's highlight as a Beatle as a songwriter anyway. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's a five for me. Well said. Uh, George Martin talks about hearing this song for the first time. Thought it was fine. Yeah. And then as it grew, he was shocked that George had even written this song. He didn't yeah. know that he had it in him. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that amazing? It's a five glass onion rating for me too. Yeah. Re-listening to it. Again, I, we played this song a hundred times. Right. Um, re-listening to it the heart in this song you can feel it when you listen to it um and that though they're unbelievable songwriters you don't always feel that right right you know what i mean it's there's an element of craft to them sometimes that doesn't always have the there's a raw a raw emotion that only george can bring yeah and yeah. maybe it's his spirituality. Maybe it's what he was going through. Maybe it's being in the shadow of John and Paul and hating being in that situation and hating Beatlemania. And he's got all these freaking songs that he wants to get out. In fact, in, in researching this, I'm going along, but I don't care. It's our thing. Yeah. He, he brings it to John and Yoko. And he's like, I, I, and John's like, this should be a solo song. You, we, you don't need us. Really? And, okay. and that's, it was John who said, no, this has to be this has to be the, the double A side. This is better than come together. Right. Just to boost him up, to kind of show him that, yeah, you are as good as we are. Yeah. And he proves it. And, and it's great that it's on the last record that he kind of comes through and says, well, hey, guys, listen. Yeah. You are the two greatest songwriters of all time, and I, but I learned some things. <laughs> to know, by the way, I'm pretty badass myself. It's indeed. And, and I read every element. Yeah, I read somewhere that he came, he he was a little smug about it. Like he yeah, knew he that knew. he had something. He knew that he'd yeah. gotten one. And for him to be able to tell Paul, I'm like, good for you, George. It, it is good for him. Yeah. I mean, he he does. He brings a certain attitude. If you watch the anthology, because um, for a lot of us, the anthology was the first time that you get to see the Beatles talking about their music. Right. 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 And yeah. that was a big deal for us. Yeah. Yeah. Because we didn't have YouTube. We didn't have McCartney at this point in his career where he's talking about every little detail (laughs) down to masturbating with John Lennon over Bridget Bard. You know what I mean? We didn't have that. They were like biographers that had written stuff. I'm getting wicked deja vu right now, by the way. This was meant to be, George. Um, 
we didn't have that. And so when George talks about the Beatles, he doesn't talk about it the same way that Paul or Ringo did. He didn't right. like it. No, no, he didn't. He didn't like being a Beatle, <clears throat> and that really bummed me out, and it kind of soured me on George for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but now that he's gone, and you can look back on his, his work, his great solo work, um, but his Beatle work, you see him grow. Yeah. And they grow. Indeed. And he, he makes the biggest leap because he didn't, you know, when you look at the first songs he's writing, they're not that great. And they're no. kind of like, well done, Georgie. Yeah. You know, you were going to give you one on Bruh. the records. <laughs> and then he Ringo goes, sings, George you gets get the a token song. song. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and he, he comes to them after, and after he quit the band. And he brings them this song. Yeah. And it's a five glass onion all the way. Yeah, indeed. indeed. All the way. Indeed. So I can't say enough good things about this one. Listen to it again. Be in love. You know, they, they, I read something also where they said this started soft rock. This started music. <laughs> it's that good of a song. <laughs> and ironically enough, John always called Paul's music music. <laughs> so this might have been the one that kicked off elevator music. But damn it, I'm okay with it. <laughs> totally. totally. George, is, George is brilliant. He, he has three three unbelievable songs that stand up there with uh, John and Paul while my guitar gently weeps here comes the sun and this one so anything left to add about something um just a just a random Please. fact so so they did the promo film for it correct which was super cool yeah filmed all four separately, separately. they were not together <laughs> which I did not I read that this oh. morning and I was like because it, it really? looks like they are. They, it's yeah. edited so well that you <laughs> think that they're all hanging out. No, not the case. No. Yeah. And, the, and it's great because you see George and Patty and they're kind of psychedelic and yeah. still hippie. Yeah. You know, and you see Paul and Linda with Martha yeah. on the farm in Scotland and yeah. John and Yoko as kind of. <laughs> with their like black. I mean, they look, I don't know what, what they, uh, yeah, they're, they have these huge black caves. <laughs> I'm like, wow, okay. And there's Ringo and her name escaped. And Maureen. Maureen, of course. On the, on the, like they're yes. on the little like motors. Yes. They look like mopeds They're or like something. the most normal ones. <laughs> yeah. totally. It's great. So. so watch that. There's some yeah, great stuff cool. out there for this. Listen to the concert for George version. Oh, yeah. Live in Japan with Clapton and, and George kind of playing off each other. It's great. Yeah. Uh, the concert for Bangladesh is a great version yeah, of this. Yeah, I forgot about um, that one too. Paul, or, or George always played it live. Yeah. It's kind of always a part of his live repertoire. And in fact, I might be mistaken, but I think it was the very last song he ever played on stage. There was a benefit concert that he did. Really? Um, and this was one that he did. And, and I think there's really bad like phone footage or something sure. that you can watch. And uh, it's just, it's always heartfelt. There's some, there's some connection he had to the song. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll leave you with what Sinatra said. It's the greatest <laughs> love song ever written. By Lennon and McCartney. Yeah, so <sighs> thanks, George. Frankie. Yeah. That's our fifth episode. It's kind of a big deal for us. <laughs> it's fun. We're having Who fun knew? doing this. Hopefully, yeah. anybody that's listening, you're enjoying it. Do, we, do you know what our next song will be? I don't. I need to think okay. about it. We'll be thinking about it. We'll leave you in suspense. Yeah, so uh, this is something. Enjoy. We'll talk to you next week. Once again, this is Looking Through the Glass Onion. Dun, dun, dun.